Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Glasgow Motorway Archive podcast with Stuart Baird and John Hassel. John, how are you? I am feeling a lot better, Stuart. How, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. It's good to see you. Um, we always intended to have a bit of a break between the Erskine podcast and the others, just as we usually do in the summer, mm-hmm. but that break... It was extended slightly, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it and, was. And whose fault was that, John? Entirely my own. Um, I, I ended up, unfortunately, uh, testing positive for coronavirus. I was a little bit under the weather. Uh, for anyone anyone's really worried um, about me, it was quite mild. I know a lot of people have been very, very ill with it, and, and, it, and it's, it is really quite an unpleasant thing to have. But I was lucky. I've, I've had at least one jab. Yep. Um, so, you know, yeah, under the weather for several days and stuff, my, my smell and taste isn't quite there yet, but um, oh, dear, dear, dear. I thought it was a cold, Stuart, at, at the start, and then I was like, well, better get a test, and, yep. and good thing I did, because... It was she, positive. Well, trust you to be the person right. that picks it up. That's I know, I know, typical. right? But I am, I'm, I'm now a, a survivor of mm-hmm. COVID. A so. COVID survivor. So let's apologise to the listeners, oh, the yes. regular listeners, for the... <laughs> The extended gap between between our podcasts, but we're here now, and I'm sure everyone's eager for some new content. Mm-hmm. And and uh, incidentally, you're going to lead on this podcast with I a topic am. that uh, you love very much, uh, and people but, are probably interested about. Okay, well, we'll just we'll correct something. Love. Okay. No, I I don't love it. <laughs> oh, all right. I'd love okay. to talk about it. Yeah. It'd be, be one particular thing, but no, I'll, I'll stop being around the bush. But what I'm going to talk about is potholes. Potholes, so like potholing caves and, and no, 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 no. You, you <laughs> the kind of the kind of things that you drive over and makes a big bump. Ah, those kind of potholes. Everyone oh. talks about it. Okay. Some of the things that people find the most frustrating thing about driving is potholes. Yeah. Why have I chosen to talk about this? Well, mm-hmm. as people have listened to this podcast and probably realised, you know, I've worked on the roads. Yeah. This is and potholes have been a kind of bread and butter of yeah. a. a uh, a large part of my career over the last five years yeah and, and you know other people will be saying well what's that got to do with history as well but mm. actually the, the history of potholes and and comes into comes into it a bit as well because people look at our old photos and go there were no potholes in those days yeah but so these new roads yeah, yeah. There, are, there are reasons for that and you're going to cover all that as well and, hopefully and, yeah hopefully um be, before we dive in um, I, I think it's good to kind of give give people the gist of, of my, my stance on this and where I stand, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit of a disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. So first of all, um, I, I am I am not a pavement engineer. No. I, I am not an expert. I worked as, a, as an inspector uh, for a long time, somebody who identifies defects and everything from potholes to overhanging branches to drainage kind of mm-hmm. things like that. Now, you, you used industry jargon. You refer to yourself as a, as a pavement engineer or not a pavement engineer. Yes. Now, to, to a lot of members of the public, a pavement is something that they walk on at the yeah. side of the road. That's right. So clarify for, for the listeners When, what when we is. talk about pavement, we, we talk about the road surface. Yes. Okay. When we talk about what people think the pavement is or you walk on, we often say footway yes. instead. Yeah. Um, I'll be specifically talking about potholes on the road. Yeah. Okay. okay. And, uh, you know, as I said, I worked uh, as an inspector. I've worked mostly on motorways, mm-hmm. uh, but but trunk roads, yeah. you know, of all varying different types yep. and sizes and yep. all junctions yep. and things mm-hmm. like that. And potholes actually did form quite a large uh, component 
of yes. that and, 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 imagine and, and dealing with them and, and how, how we go about it this is this is a big subject and we do yeah. have some questions yeah. that people have yeah. entered later so and I, I think the other thing that's important to state is that there are, there's no one size fits all approach to potholes and how they're dealt no. with and how they're recorded across Scotland each of the, the, the 32 local authorities uh, mm. and, and, and Transport Scotland and others have their own way of, of dealing course. with potholes yeah. and identifying them so so what we are, what I think what John's going to be giving you is like a broad brush description yes. of potholes and in a layman's term yes. as well i, I yeah. am a driver as well yes i use the roads yeah um when i'm when i'm not you know working and things like that i am just as frustrated as these things as as everyone everyone <laughs> who listens to these things and asks but one of the reasons why i, I wanted to do this i'm not gonna pontificate too much and sit here and act as a a, a defender of the industry and why these things aren't done but just actually to provide a kind of a, a realistic angle yeah uh, on on the situation and what actually happens a little bit behind the scenes with these things and, mm. and hopefully answer some questions i'm not going to get super technical because like <laughs> no. i said there are people far more qualified than me probably people far more qualified than me listening to this yes um who, who do you know one day would be fantastic to have them on here talking yeah. about surfacing in general yep. but no this uh, at the low level talking about potholes is it's something like I'm an do. introduction to the subject of potholes yeah yeah so um that's that's the the angle okay. i'm going to take for this well take so, it away take it away so when we, we we think about potholes and and how many of them there are and one of the reasons why i've wanted to do this is because i see a lot of conjecture about this a lot of people talking about it if you ever look on facebook mm-hmm. and on any article where the council has proposed they're doing something or anything there is always at least one or a thousand comments going you should fix the roads first what about all the potholes what about all this and stuff it's a contentious issue it is a contentious issue but the people aren't wrong no. you know you you look you look people don't just say these things for 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 any you know just just to cause trouble or be contrary in it there are a lot of what what i would call surface defects out there of various different yes. things more so on our local road networks than our trunk road yeah. networks. So when we were talking about, uh, you know, I, I work on trunk roads, so I can't comment too much on, on local roads and yeah. stuff like that. I have, a, I have a lot of colleagues who've worked on both sides, and I've worked with many different contractors who've done different things. So I've picked things up over the last kind of five to six years. Yeah. Um, those things. Well, there'll be plenty of people listening to this. And, oh, no, that's not how we do it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So let's start with the very definition of a pothole. Mm-hmm. Now... You hear people use different terms for potholes. Like I, I used one, a surface defect. Another one you might hear is a depression and all these kind of things. <laughs> yeah, it's a slight yeah. depression and you, these things. Now, some people talk about um, depth of the pothole, mm-hmm. 40 millimetres. Anything over 40 millimetres is a pothole. Okay. You know, um, That's not really something I, I agree with. Uh, particularly because you can have very, very shallow potholes. Yeah. But to me, I've always defined it as something that doesn't feel right when you drive over it. Mm-hmm. I think that's quite fair, and that's how most people feel. If they feel it's something they've got to swerve out the way of, or when they drive over it, it doesn't feel quite right. Anything that's not of the norm, of a, yeah. that billiard table that we expect yeah. when we drive. Well, see, that's, that's my take on it. To me, a pothole is any road surface defect that's not supposed to be there. Yes. Regardless of its depth. Or with yeah, that that is that is a hole yeah. of some of some yeah. sorts. Be be it something um, that has a kind of a sharp edge to it, or something that's actually a, a bit more rounded. Yes. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. and I think the public would probably agree with that as well. You yeah. know, because most people driving out there aren't pavement experts and engineers. No. You know, um, myself kind of included in that mm-hmm. uh, to, to a degree. So, 
Stuart, the, the, the thing I kind of pose now is you mentioned about people looking at, oh, you know, they, they look at these photos and so and say, oh, you know, the, the roads are actually, they, they were a lot better. Mm-hmm. Why are they so bad now? Are we suffering an epidemic of potholes um, and these kind of things? I wonder what your thoughts are generally on the kind of the state of things out there. And I can kind yeah. of play from that. Things have deteriorated quite obviously in the local red road network in particular mm-hmm. um i would say since the end of the regional councils in 1996 okay um i think that was the beginning of a decline mm-hmm. um or a noticeable change in quality um mm-hmm. uh, there's obviously other uh, impacts on their budgets uh, you know funding mm-hmm. uh, that's obviously a, a clear cause of, of potholes and, and, and just no limited investment mm-hmm. in, in in some types of roads as well because the local authorities simply don't have the resources to be able mm-hmm. to cope with them you mentioned you mentioned budgets yeah. as well, but uh, you know one of the things we'll get into is, is, is materials mm-hmm. as well as we've tried different things and yeah. some things have worked better than others yeah. uh, over the years when it when it comes to potholes and and certainly some questions also but, talk about traffic as well. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, we have mm-hmm. to bear in mind that traffic has doubled since 1990. Mm-hmm. Um, it's considerably higher even than they had envisaged in the highway plan and and some of these other reports that we often talk about that has had an effect as has the increased weight of heavy goods vehicles mm-hmm. when the motorways were built we were looking at was it 22 tons yes we're now 44 tons you know so we've doubled the weight of the heavy goods vehicles using the roads and you know john many people will tell you and i believe it's a fact that if there were no trucks or heavy vehicles in the road mm-hmm. there would be no potholes because cars and in, in, in you know in themselves the weight yeah. of cars is not sufficient enough it's to tear almost up the road. negligible yeah it, when in, in to go off on a a slight but I think quite educational tangent is when you are planning a road and particularly its foundations of what it can take you you look at uh, and and can kind of construct what you're you're going to design and then construct um, based on something called the millions of standard axles mm-hmm. cars do not count yeah. in any way for yeah. this these are heavy goods vehicles yes. you know in, in particular anything that's non-articulated now, being something that is, yeah. is going to be the most causative now, for a defect. I suppose it's unfair to say that all potholes in the roads are caused by trucks. That's not the case because you can have a, a lightly trafficked road that just has a has a crack in it or an opening in the surface and as soon as the water starts to get in there and then it freezes and then you've got Expands. issues, yeah. you're going to have potholes regardless. Well, that, that segues nice into causes. So yeah. to me, there are uh, I'm going to break it down into two categories of why potholes form on the road. Okay, Potholes form either from below or they form from above. Mm-hmm. I will start with below okay. first. Mm-hmm. Many of you might have noticed that you have nice, new, shiny bits of road. Uh, maybe only laid a year, a couple of years ago. And then suddenly, there's this, there's this small little pothole that's yeah. just appeared, as if overnight. Yeah. So this can be sometimes caused by like voids in your sub-layers. Okay? Uh, it can be due to, particularly with new roads, that you can actually have a, a slight amount of settlement yeah. that happens. Roads are built up in layers. Okay? Right below where you get these, the, the kind of what they call the, the base and the sub-base, are often below that it's capped. Yeah. Uh, what's something that they put down, then that's dependent on the ground conditions below. Mm-hmm. But then uh, you, you hear people talk about the blacktop, and that's what people you think of as, well, your tarmac, mm-hmm. which is actually built up of three layers. Yeah. The first two layer, the, the first layer, the, the, the deepest level of, of your blacktop, is, is your base course. Okay? And that's made up of something called dense bitumen macadam. Yeah. And you get a binder layer which goes between so that's another 60 millimeters on top of what is potentially 100 or 150 millimeter 
toothpaste. Always measured in millimeters, these things. Yes. Which is also a kind of a, a um, dense bitumen mechanism. And then you get the top, which is often um, 35 millimeters to 40 millimeters of what's called, used to be called a wearing course. It's now called a surface course. So it's like a cake, yeah. if you think of a road. It's these three layers. Mm-hmm. So potholes can form from below by a debonding between these layers. Mm-hmm. If you get water going in, yep. if it's not been constructed properly, when the, you're laying these layers down, you need to apply a tack coat to this to ensure that the layers adhere to each other. If something goes wrong during that process, you can get potholes forming. Yeah. Okay. There's also, although not not something I've come across uh, before, but you can get kind of quite miniature sinkholes in some areas where voids have formed. Yeah. Which moves me slightly towards the next factor, which is caused from above. Mm-hmm. I suppose one way that, that you can identify a problem from below, mm-hmm. they, these issues often manifest themselves in cracking at the road surface longitudinal cracks that's the same cracks running you know away from your vehicle so up the road they they call this um reflective cracking yeah so on some bases of roads um they have a rigid base Mm -hmm. which can often be formed by like uh, a concrete in some cases or a lean mix yeah you heard of lean mix which is kind of a concrete type product yeah and if this starts cracking from below that then eventually reflects up the surface and you get these big cracks going all the way through it and you get water come in. Another place where you often see cracking of that type is where the road was is maybe a very old road yeah. and it hasn't been built with the type of foundation required to take the weight. That's of right. So vehicles. it's a horse and cart type thing. Yeah. Where they, oh, we'll just put some asphalt on yeah. that. And yeah. actually, that thing's not designed for exactly. that. So water is your other factor. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you think of when we talk about drainage, Stuart, we think about like gullies on the road which are which are drains Um, and we think about ditches and things like that but actually you have to consider your your subterranean drainage as well Mm -hmm. Um, that's why they build like french drains or filter drains uh, and things on the road uh, the side of the road to ensure that you know you've got that kind of 1.2 to 1.5 meter kind of trench which has got a kind of a gravel type material in it and uh, it's surrounded by a terram type kind of it's almost like a, a kind of a white material to keep the soil from these things and that ensures that you know you're also draining the road from below because water ingress beneath the road can also cause serious problems, as you can imagine, mm-hmm. yep. with these things. So that's some of the reasons, not all the reasons, but some of the reasons why you do get potholes forming from below. Mm-hmm. That can happen on a road which doesn't even have any traffic on it. Exactly. Just yeah. because the, the work that's been, maybe some investigations haven't been done correctly there, or you've got some kind of issue with water. Most of the time, though, in my experience, um, potholes are formed from above. So one, one of the reasons why you get this is um, a general wear and tear. So if you're driving along a road and, uh, well, you might not see what we describe as a pothole, but the road feels a little bit rough. Yeah. In, in, in the business, we, we call this um, bituminous surface fretting. Okay. So on uh, the asphalt is, is made up of a mix of Obviously, you've got um, the bituminous, bituminous material and you've got an aggregate that's with it. Yeah. And they're often finished off um, traditionally with, with a stone or a chip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When these start to debond and come away, you get a rough road surface which, which forms fretting. Now, you can sometimes see these in worse areas than others, particularly where you've got more lateral movements and roundabouts and things like yeah. that, sometimes yeah. inclines of hills and, and, and whatnot. But then these can form potholes in these areas. So fretting is something that you often see over a larger area, yep. and then potholes start forming within it. And that is a wear and tear. 
that that happens over time mm-hmm. to roads from uh, just generally uh, the amount of traffic that's using it. Another reason why potholes form from above is going back to what I said before: drainage. Mm-hmm. Drainage is something I'm very passionate about. If there was anything I could say that I, I, I would like to think of myself as at least a little bit specialised would probably be drainage. But I can tell you, poor drainage on on, on the carriageway is one of the things that causes the, the, you know so many problems. It, it is the root cause of a lot of issues. If you And it's simple. Blocked gullies, poor drains, ditches that aren't performing correctly. You end up with flooding on the road. It makes the situation much worse because it can cause erosion. Yep. Yep. And Stuart, you mentioned it earlier. In the winter, when things are wet, you get freezing temperatures. Mm-hmm. That causes the road then to become more brittle as well. And as it still gets pounded, but we don't shut our roads in winter, it still gets pounded. These potholes bust out even more. You will notice, and everyone here will notice, that you do get more potholes in the winter period yeah. because of that, because the water line there, the water freezing. Water and drainage are not only causing erosion, but they can also hide defects as well where you've got ponding in areas and other things like that and we all know those those horrible kind of potholes that you hit you don't know they're there you go through a puddle <laughs> bang you know that yep. <laughs> they, they, they really irk me yeah and they're very difficult to spot yes you know so what you want to do is see if your drainage is sorted on your on on the road you won't have half the problem with these yeah. things it's you know a, a basic start point yeah? it, it is so that that's another factor Here's another one, um, a, a slightly more t- uh, unusual, but it does happen. Fuel contamination. Mm-hmm. Did you know, Stuart, that diesel wrecks roads? <laughs> yes, I had heard that, yes. So if um, if you've got a fuel spill from an accident or, a, or a, an HGV's been leaking or something like that, this is a big deal yeah. um, when, when these incidents happen. As you, in, you have to go out with a, with a kind of a material to dissolve or emulsify this or you have to blast it with sand yeah something some or absorbent granules there's many different brand names for these types of things yeah. but fuel contamination destroys asphalt yeah to be honest with you um in areas and you can that can cause a debonding of the entire kind of surface course in area yeah so moving slightly away from potholes you can see some weird defects sometimes now you might have heard of rutting have you ever come across rutting before, Stuart? Sadly, yes. Sadly, yes. Okay. <laughs> it's often a big problem in hotter countries that use asphalt uh, in places. But if you think of a a field, a mucky field with uh, a tractor that goes through it <laughs> with these things, and, and it would form ruts, this is kind of what can happen when asphalt gets to much higher temperatures. Yeah. Sometimes we, we have seen this happen on bridge decks, and we can call it heaving, mm-hmm. is where you see a pot. It almost looks like a, like, you know when you get like a crater and the sides of it yep. come up? Mm-hmm. It's almost like the asphalt is moving and heaving up yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Something quite common on bridge decks uh, where you have a thin a thin surface also, and something debonds. Quite a common problem on uphill sections of motorway in lane one that are mm-hmm. heavily trafficked as yeah. well, where you'll see two very clear wheel tracks you know, mm-hmm. with, a, with a constant pounding of trucks yeah. and, and, and the like, yeah. The, yeah, exactly, because you have the wheel, the actual wheel tracks where things are, and that's where you'll always see these things forming. Yeah. Okay. The other thing, um, you mentioned cracks. So longitudinal kind of defects that go along. If you think um, often on a center line, you can have an opening of the construction joint. When we talk about construction joint, we talk about that whether you have two different bits of the surface that's been laid mm-hmm. and then they're, they're basically 
touching each other together and they're sealed yeah. up. Eventually, that seal comes away. You have an opening of the joint. And you have what is basically a long, thin, like, pothole, if yeah. you want to call it that, going all the way through. Yeah. Of course, your, your fancy engineer would say, no, no, that's opening of a longitudinal joint. That's completely different <laughs> from a pothole. But... You know, the member of the public driving over that is still that's not right. Still a pothole. It's, st- yeah. it's still it's still a problem. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm telling you a lot about how these things form, how they happen. Um, uh, so in a way, I'm, I'm trying to plead with people here. This is what we're up against. You know. Yeah. Um, so let's move on now to talk a little bit about materials. So. Let's look looking over your shoulder, Stuart, at some of the, the, the wonderful pictures you have uh, in here of the M8 at Charing Cross. And, and um, a few years after it opened, and I do not see any any potholes. I don't see any surface defects, let alone potholes, no. with these things. But there is something quite different <clears throat> with the asphalt that was used back then. Traditionally, they used hot-rolled asphalt yes. for these roads. And generally on council roads, you see this. There was a change uh, after, after abroad, in Germany in particular, they came up with a, a different product, a stone mastic asphalt, which is a much smaller aggregate site. You didn't need to lay chips. Yeah. It was all in there already, and a machine could lay it much quicker because hot-rolled asphalt, believe it or not, it, it, it's quite a bit of skill. It's quite labor-intensive to do uh, and stuff like that. Although, yes, it's it's robust and so on, but this, this new wonder product appeared on the continent. If you're, you're, you're much older than me, Stuart. You'll remember this, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Going back to going back to those days, and it and it did work very well in I, Germany. Yeah, and then I think in the early two thousands it started to appear here, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not with a great deal of success, it has to be said. And I know the first generation of some of those stone mastic asphalt products, particularly with the larger aggregate size of yep. eight and ten millimeters, a lot of local authorities in Scotland, in particular, were sold this wonder product as something that was going to. Change. Yep. It's cheap. The, yep. It's easy to lay. Yep. It's easy to take out. You know, it's strong. <laughs> yeah. It's smooth. It's yep. quiet. It's better for the environment. And within two or three years, it was all breaking up, and it was a disaster in some places. I'm thinking yep. Edinburgh in particular suffered. Glasgow yep. city centre had a lot of problems. And within five years, they were going back to the old hot rolled asphalt. Hot rolled asphalt because it's predictable. Mm-hmm. It's robust. It's durable. Yeah, I mean, any engineer will know they got maybe thirty, even forty did, years out of it. Did you know? Did I know? There is a section of the M8 mm-hmm. between Junction 16 and 17 mm-hmm. in Lane 4 that is still the original surfacing in hot road asphalt, and that was laid in 19. I do see it, and, it's, and if anyone's driving on this section, you will see it because it's lighter. Yep. You'll notice it, you'll see it because you'll see these large white chips in it. Yeah, yeah. And there are sections of the M77 that was completed in 1996, still the yep. original hot road asphalt. However, if you look at some of these more modern products, Mm-hmm. And you think of the M74 completion of the M80, completed only 10 years ago. Yep. They're already starting to get a bit rough in places. Yep. So so what's what's going on there? Yeah. Why why has this old method been swept away mm. and, and we're using this new thing? Well, we spoke about it being this wonder product. If you could imagine you're a Rhodes boss at a trade fair in 1998 and you <laughs> see this and this is all great and, and, and fair enough, you'd want to give it a try here. Yeah. But like with any of these products, you get um, a lot of different companies and manufacturers and suppliers jumping in on the bandwagon. Yeah. The quality probably won't be as consistent. Mm-hmm. The skill and expertise that they perhaps owned and perfected on the continent might not be over here. The plant, 
um and and yeah as i experience is one thing is, is they've actually been doing that for a lot longer than we have yeah yeah uh, with these things and it just didn't really work on yeah. our roads and there were lots of different products and varying qualities and some areas it worked better than others um, but they quickly found that actually this sma product which by the way is laid in a thinner surface course now i spoke about yeah. kind of that 40 mil what they call these products is a thin surface core system mm -hmm. a lot of the time and they can be laid as shallow as 30 millimeters oh goodness i'm in, thinking of the e726 glasgow southern orbital route here <laughs> yes and they put this product down and they they did have big problems with this yeah as it came out yeah. you know i mean i think one of the benefits of, that are sold for, for sma products is that they don't require so much time to cure to harden up yes so on a motorway or a, a busy dual carriageway where you can only do overnight work where the hot road asphalt maybe needs four or five hours to to yep. harden up before you can open the road when sme i think it can mm -hmm. be as low as two or three hours in some cases you know yes yeah yeah it, it can be as yeah it can be yeah you're right in saying that also it's a product as well you you can lay it in far uh, you longer know a lot sections. longer sections yeah. i mean really i mean as well with kind of the what do they call the kind of echelon paving systems yeah. that they can do when they build new roads these mm -hmm. things can be like three lanes wide yeah. and that means you eliminate the need for having construction joints between the lanes yeah. in areas so it does have its benefit you can think of it if you're a kind of a, a pragmatic guy yeah. you can think to yourself actually this product is great we can do more repairs yeah. we can lay more road in the same uh, same yeah. amount of time i think i think a good example that's the m8 completion project between the uh, showhead and and, and bargetti mm -hmm. uh the, you know the, the stretch there there's no joints in the middle exactly. of the, the road or the, between the lanes well there. that that is the benefit when yeah. you're building a new road you can do these things, do these things. so they've eventually they have um i'm, I'm not going to use the word maybe perfected but they've come up with a product now that that you know is, is used across trunk roads which is the ts 2010 product uh, yeah so that's the scottish specification for, specification for stone master cash fund. it is yeah. that they use yeah. and uh this has come up we've had this discussion before and we will elaborate on this in the future when we mm -hmm. do finally wheel in a pavement expert. expert here <laughs> uh, to put me right yeah. and i can be quiet but um these systems that they're also a lot quieter yeah they're far more comfortable mm -hmm. but it, it is just you know finding that balance of where to use these products i'm not saying sma is bad i'm not an sma basher there is a place for it yeah. and it's particularly good on on motorway sections mm -hmm. the jury's out if it's good on roundabouts and so other areas roundabouts and rigid bridge decks and, and that's exactly yeah. anywhere where you've got those lateral movements yeah. of equals turning and doing different things now something else that's interesting is, is that as more potholes have been seen across the country and this mm -hmm. is a uk-wide issue yeah um some companies have actually developed products specifically for pothole repairs. Yes, they products have. that weren't previously available. Yes, um, you know, and, and there's been a whole with industry. a problem. This industry has yeah. has cropped a up. A whole industry has cropped up just dedicated to pothole repair materials. I mm -hmm. uh, thinking of you know even some of the the crack infill products that you see, and if you That's see right. long black strips on the M80, it's a good example. Yeah, uh, there's those long sections of the M80 where that you'll see long running black strips in the road surface where they've had cracks form settlement as part of yeah. the new construction and rather than rip all that up and relay it they, they use these very hot uh, products yeah. that they roll you know they, I've, they I've, I've been out in jobs where they've done this uh, yeah. even as trials and it comes out like a kind of toffee yeah. um, that they put on and then to, what they used to do 
as far as I've been told, was they just used to fill these with a hot bitumen. Yeah. yeah. But the problem you get with this is it can be a little bit slippy. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, but they, no, they put a kind of a, a high friction coating on yeah. the top of it. Um, as, as you know, Stuart says, if you look out for these things on the M80, you can see where they've they've sealed these cracks. Yeah. It's really noticeable in America where mm-hmm. they have concrete roads, yeah. and you do have this. Um, you have the grey of the concrete and this, yeah. these, these screens mm-hmm. all over it. So, and, and of course, there's other products that are that are intended as temporary repairs for potholes that have, mm-hmm. have cropped up as well i'm thinking there's a couple i'm aware of there's 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 hot versions but there's also cold versions as yeah, well okay uh, product names john instacree some? and yeah. um um what was it no no it's ultra crete you mm-hmm. get there's uh there's one that's specialized for bridges which is called goose fix yeah it's built g-u-s-s uh, and that's a um that's a german product yeah. that you via fix is, 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 is a product that's used everywhere it's quite expensive but it, it, it is specified it can be if if done correctly mm-hmm. it can be done as a permanent repair yeah, yeah i think that one gets mixed with water that's right the it does to, to make it. it go off um and there's other products that just get tamped in you know that could that's right like cold tar yeah you know yeah. there's so many things it's kind of off the shelf stuff mm-hmm. a lot of the time yeah. but these a lot of these are all you know supposed to fill the hole when it's identified mm. until such time as a permanent repair can come along and, and of course there's other options the cheapest cheapest option for pothole filling is just getting hot tar off the back of a wagon and tamping it into the hole and yeah. you see a lot of that on we, we call that hot plugging yeah so sometimes when you see a lot of the, the basically um yeah you, you see tar that's just been flung down yeah. in a lot of cases and you see you see a lot of it that's often the case of right what's left in the yard tonight boys we've mm-hmm. got another couple of hours here let's let's see what we can do and make yeah. the most of, of fixing things yeah it's not nice to run across but it removes a, a dangerous defect not properly sealed not properly rolled so it still feels a yeah. bit uneven you can tell it's supposed to be a temporary fix yeah yeah okay so, so that, that's that's interesting right so so there's all these products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But ultimately, it comes down to why we have more potholes now than we used to. Mm-hmm. So I, I suppose if I was thinking about it, as someone who's, again, who's not really an expert in, in, in this, the increased traffic, mm-hmm. heavier traffic, the fact that our roads are getting older. Yes. So a lot of the roads that were so, built 50, 60 years ago. Yeah, you've got your asset <clears> management <throat> hat on. Yep. You can mm-hmm. see you can see the autumn coming in a lot of the products. Yeah. Yep. So mm-hmm. you're thinking, right, okay, so really you're thinking every 20 years or so you should be doing major maintenance on your roads to keep them in good condition and keep them operational for another 20, 30 years. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it can be a once-in-a-generation thing if it's done properly. Mm-hmm. But as budgets have tightened mm-hmm. and as the local authorities contracted and got smaller and had less resources available and didn't have the same buying power that the old regions had with regards to materials and plant and 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 even the manpower mm-hmm. that, that was available all these, these are all factors and contributed it's, to the condition of the roads that we have now you're coming up with this perfect so as you say Stuart, it's age of yeah. these things and budgets and we spoke about materials you know a lot of these these different products that were tried and done over years i mean if you yeah. think back to the 50s 60s even early 70s compared to now there's far much more road out there now yeah and are there as many people maintaining these far more miles of no. road there's not by there's a long way but then of course there's much more traffic than there used to be and getting access to a lot of the roads can be much more difficult yeah. than it used to be you know well, if you, you, you know closing busy dual carriageways in the town center for a week to do repairs uh, yeah. is, is always going to be a big thing. So that that that's that's going to move me on to the next segment here is is the kind of pragmatism. Yeah. So let let's all imagine me um, as a highways inspector looking at these things. Now, 
I'll, I'll tell you this, and the highways inspectors won't like this, but anyone can be a highways inspector. Anyone can do it, and, and most motorists are. It anyone can spot a pothole. Yeah. But it takes a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of experience, and just using your noggin to spot something before it becomes a pothole. Yeah. yeah. Remember I spoke about fretting. Mm-hmm. Remember I spoke about you know water and drainage issues. They're the things you want to try and think and sort and get and and get information about to get out there for for, for a proper project to happen to actually resurface. Yep. Now a lot of people think they, they see guys out, you know, stamping stuff in the road and, and not much happening. Why don't we just go out there and just reset why don't we just blitz it all? Yeah. Yeah. Comes back to what you said, a budget problem yep. but it also says something with the amount of traffic there journey time reliability yes that's the term both you and i Stuart, in the industry we hear all the time what yeah. does that mean to the public yeah well don't put roadworks on everywhere and hold everyone up yes. people don't like being held up yeah and and of course this is where the local authorities in particular can't win because they get mm-hmm. slated and criticized when there's potholes in the road but as soon as you start promoting closures to deal with these problems they get mm-hmm. they, they get more complaints from people moaning that they can't get to, yeah. to to asda in 10 minutes it's going to take them half an hour to get there on a saturday afternoon because mm-hmm. there's a road shut for surfacing so the local authorities really are in a difficult position and i do feel sorry for most of them actually yeah. You know? when, yeah, I, I I agree with that. Um, I don't like I said I don't work for local. I don't know how they they, they they go for the in and outs. But going back to to what I was saying about being an inspector, yeah, I don't want to sit here and be a complete apologist for the industry no. in a lot of ways. But as I said, if anyone can be an inspector, then why don't the inspectors just see all these potholes and then just get them all ordered to be fixed? <laughs> the thing is, uh, what makes this quite difficult for inspectors is is they. They generally do see most of these, but a lot of the times, particularly in places where I work, you can't stop, look, and get out. You have to use dash cams. And for every individual, they, these might be scattered across an entire network as well. You then have to get back, prepare the paperwork for the night shift, and get the guys out to do it. Well, hold on a minute. All the guys are out doing the potholes that you gave them the previous day and doing other things. There's only so much resource yeah. to do a lot of these things. Yeah, I think resourcing is probably a, a big factor in the. Uh... It's it's massive, and it's 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 to do with how much road space you know you can also book and put yeah. on in in areas and stuff like that. But the aim of the game, really, from from my perspective, and when dealing with these things, is just don't let these things get so bad. If you see mm-hmm. areas failing yeah. as an inspector, you pass that up the tree. Yep. to you know an, an engineer a surfacing engineer goes right great and they'll yeah. take six months even to a year to put something together and they can resurface it properly this takes me back to something that, that local authorities used to do quite widely in scotland mm-hmm. and i don't see it just so much now up here as i used to but certainly down south in england they still do it surface mm-hmm. dressing yes so, so surface dressing has, has in some ways fallen out of favor and there are a few reasons for that the most common one we see is what what people refer to as anti-skid. Yeah. So this beige buff stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic stuff when it first came out. Then all these other pretenders got on the scene with different and slightly substandard products, and yep. that's why you see a lot of it coming up now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other reason is uh, in some rural areas is hot tar and chip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. It'll increase the uh, uh, the lifespan of your road surface. Not so good if you're a cyclist. No. With things. The other thing is slurry seal. Slurry seal is an interesting product. You see them use this on footways as well. Mm-hmm. It's a very thin little layer. Yeah. Co- uh, I've, I've what company uh, I've dealt. I think um, I think Colas do these kind of products and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. But they they can they can put like it's almost like a kind of a 
I'm talking millimeters of a layer. Yeah. Just and it, it really just kind of plasters seals over those seals of scratch. Yeah. Can make roads look new, except they're not. Glasgow uh, uh, City Council done it on High Street. Mm-hmm. That's a good example. So slurry seal. So yeah, they do use these things, but they have fallen out of favour because sometimes they're used where they really shouldn't be used. Yeah, yeah. I I, I was in Wales for a week, uh, as, as as you know, um, a month ago, mm. and uh, on a lot of the rural roads in southwest Wales, uh, they were doing a lot of surface dressing in the old, uh, you know, tam chip, you know, method. Yeah. And uh, there was kilometres of it being done on rural roads. Um, they like it on particularly like. Um, uh, You've got just a kind of a single lane kind yeah. of type thing, yeah. narrow country roads. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. often used for very yeah. effective in, in locations like that. Mm. Are you going to use that on an urban dual carriageway? Probably not. No. Uh, although we know that some products, some newer surface dressing products, have been developed that yes. can be used in high-speed dual carriageways and motorways and the like as well. Whereas if you just were... how you apply it, can yeah. be quite difficult. And slurry seal and stuff. A lot of that you have to do with a blooming hand. And it's know? all about getting the intervention at the right time. If you wait too long and the cracks have really opened yes. up and the water's really getting in, then it's too late to suffer stress or crack in, fill or do any of these things. It's all about getting the spend and the intervention at the right moment. Yep. So you get your additional 20 years before, before. everyone's coming in and claiming because exactly. they've broken an axle, they've got a flat yep. tire or something like that. And you've made, well, the one of the best points I think here is, is that intervention is yep. actually anyone can go out there and go oh that's broken we need to do this get the guys out let's do this but actually you want to sort things before even a, one single member of the public has, has made a complaint about yeah. it that's good asset management mm-hmm. yeah does that happen everywhere no no is it people's faults a lot of the time with things well <laughs> budget is is something that determines a lot of these things you know and you know another type of road defect that we haven't mentioned so far that really grates on me is it is it surfacing related? It's surfacing related, but kinda failed ironwork. Ah yes, okay. That is so infuriating. So when you talk about ironwork, you know, you're, Stuart, you're talking about manholes in the road. Manhole roads. covers, gully uh, covers. I'm sure, if anyone is listening who has had a property outside a rattly oh, manhole dear. cover, will be will be absolutely shouting. Can, can, can we right not now. build manhole covers anymore? The, the, uh, you know, the, the problem is this, Stuart. There's, uh, there's something you you have the design manual for roads and bridges and the, the spec for highway works and all these technical things, and they come out with these terms of this is spec for yeah. this class of traffic to go over it. They use the term D four hundred. A lot of a lot of the time they, they they just use this term, and yep, that means it's fine. Not realizing that buses and bin lorries and everything are going over this thing on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, you can get. And it, um, I, know, I use no exaggeration. The term military grade iron work that they use in like air bases and and military bases and stuff that's just absolutely bomb proof that you yeah. can put that. So, but it's expensive, and these off the shelf products they just have a specification going. This yeah. is fine to use. BT whoever go. Yep, that's what we put in. So I'm going to throw this one out there, and you probably maybe you won't, you won't know the answer to it. But I'm going to throw it out there because people will okay. think of it. Why then am I driving over? A, manholes and manhole covers and the like from the 1970s that are labelled up as GPO, so they were general post office covers you know, predates BT, solid mm. as a rock. Mm-hmm. Don't move an inch and yet, newer Scottish water cover installed a year ago it's, is already rattling in place and sinking. Why you is know, that happening? It's, it's like a lot of things with roads and street furniture, Stuart. See, when you're building anything new in the road, you have you, ha- you can foot and bed things so much easier within a much more forgiving time scale. 
So when you're building that road in the 70s, it's all clearly set out. We get this at the right depths. It's all done at the right conditions. No, cut to 2021 when BT openreach of an emergency call out to go to some collapsed chamber and they've only got so many hours before they've got to do this and get on to the next job and there's queues everywhere. Yeah. Are they going... One, their conditions are far more difficult than that contractor in the 70s. Yeah. You know... They they throw in any old rubbish. They they, they will follow a specification. But that specification... They're not going to get something from B&Q and go, oh yeah, you know, use that on your patio or something. No, it, it would be a specification of that spec to D400, therefore it is acceptable to be used on that class of road. I, I don't but, know, I just get the impression we just do not know how to, to build these things anymore because, you know, years ago we would, you know, we would repair gullies and we'd put these old solid iron covers on Bonus Iron Company and yep. they like fire That's them right. down. Bonus Still iron. there, bomb-proof as you say, yeah. and yet now we buy some cheap black one, painted one, uh, or, or a, you know, a square cover thrown mm. in and months later it's all rattling and it's sinking in and the brickwork below is rubbish and I, I feel we've mm. gone backwards. One of the reasons they have they have found with gullies, and we're talking about drains, yeah, is a lot of these old covers that you, you talk about, yeah, they're bomb-proof and so on, but it's not just the cover, but it's also the way that the gully pot is constructed. When you see a drain, mm. there's a lot more to it. Yeah. But a lot of these things are particularly hard to get off. Yeah. Some of them in particular were, were more prone to blocking. So some advancements have been made. Oh, let's make a hinged cover. Let's make this with a wee grate on it. And so the guys can... So there, there are some reasons why to make something more maintainable, it has sacrificed some of its durability. Yeah. You know? So there's all that now how they think about, yeah, that's all very good doing that, but how do we maintain that? Yeah. Because ironworks notorious for seizing these are the big questions that face and that's very difficult and (laughs) i've been in many situations where i've had to sit and choose products and go and and sometimes have to make these kind of compromises you know and it is actually mm, that does a better job but actually it's really difficult for us to clean it Mm -hmm. so it's that that's a play on yeah you know i think that's a good point to start bringing in some of the questions from the listeners yeah actually, okay we, we have loads here by the yeah. way um i i've had a look at some of them and i don't know how much time we've got Stuart, but we'll answer as many as we can yeah i've got a few here that i'm going to ask you okay uh, and you've given us a really good overview of this subject and i'm sure people are probably fascinated by it. and you know what more people, questions people might have more questions afterwards in which case send them or they might say he doesn't know what he's talking about i'll come on there and tell you all about <laughs> these things and you are most welcome because i feel un- well, I don't say I feel uncomfortable talking about this, but I know there's a lot more to this story than we can cover in what? Oh, yeah. and, and uh, Just under an hour or something, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Guests, always welcome. Yeah. Okay, let's start with this one. And it's kind of been answered already, but we'll, we'll just... Yeah, I can elaborate. So this was from Neil Collinson on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and he replying to the, the, the question, you know, the request for questions. He said, this will be interesting. Would be nice to hear if the HGV weight limit increases have affected the choice of materials or the, uh, the frequency of defects. Yes, I think we've kind of covered that. We kind of have. I mean, choice of materials, I mentioned very early on, if you know that you've got a lot of heavies going on something, that means that you will have to increase the foundation layers of the road um, so that you don't get that deformation. As for frequency of defects, yes. Yes, yes, they do. Uh, Particularly on older roads, as you said, if you've got some old... Yeah, that just weren't designed for it. Particularly local residential streets and Mm. the like. All those vans that are coming out to deliver your Amazon deliveries and Mm. the like. You know, years ago, you wouldn't have had so many light goods vehicles even going up and down residential streets. Certainly not with the foundation layers yeah. <laughs> intended for that kind of heavy use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, that answers that one. So we've got another one here from Chris Kujawa. 
Okay. Uh, I hope I've said that right. Oh, um, he's got like many questions yeah, nestled a, within. There's so a couple here, so I'm going to do it in two parts. Okay. So, okay. The, so the first part, basically, Chris asks, is there any rhyme or reason to road closures? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they close roads or lanes for weeks on end and say it's for resurfacing, but it's barely changed. <laughs> Other times they seem to be able to do entire new sections of road surface overnight. So, John, you can give us a, an overview as to sure. what Chris probably uh, seeing there. I, I know exactly what he's talking about. So they were doing these roadworks way out at Whitburn. Uh, M8 Junction 4 for ages and they had it closed for what was resurfacing yeah. and then the end product of this was a very small amount of blacktop that yeah, came out yeah, of it yeah. but the reason for this uh, to answer Chris's question is that sometimes if they're dealing particularly with a bridge deck yeah. or they even if it's not a bridge but they're doing full depth reconstruction yeah. we're talking going down to foundation layers mm-hmm. because you're going deeper or you're dealing with a sensitive area such as a bridge deck which yeah. you need to strip you don't you know all about this yeah. Yeah. you know and you need to reapply waterproofing you need to have just the right conditions you're not going to get as much road done but yeah. because you're spending more time and love on that bit yeah we, we need to do a podcast basically on bridge repairs but uh, yeah. as you say like resurfacing a bridge deck and, and doing refurbishing you know, refurbishment there will take a considerably longer period of time than it is just to resurface on I mean if you think about you were Wardy Road was a project um, you know when they they done the waterproofing on that how long did that take? It was about six weeks six weeks and how long's Wardy? That's only about what 50 metres 60 metres yeah. Like yeah and yet you know the other part of what Chris says here is how come you know they can shut and they'll go out and do nearly a kilometre yeah. of resurfacing well that's just because they might be skimming off the top 40 exactly and putting the same back down. Yes, and, yeah. put, and put, putting the same back down. Where in other areas, you know what? We're going to take it all the way down to, to your your uh, your base. And that takes longer because you need to build it up in layers. You need to lay that. You need to roll that. You need to wait for that to go off. You need to reapply a tack and put over. So, uh, Chris, it really applies. It really depends on what kind of treatment they're doing in areas, yep. um, to be honest with you. Yeah, great. And there's a second part to, to Chris's question. He says, are there rules in what they can and can't do on certain classifications of roads? For instance, do you have to resurface a full section of road on a motorway to repair a pothole where you can just quickly fill a, a you know, a hole on a, on a minor road? Um, he says, if I feel that almost always the, the solution on minor roads um, is, is only just an emergency solution uh, on the motorway. So I, I'm guessing what he means there is like, so if you get a small square patch on a motorway, it looks like a temporary repair, whereas on a local road, that would probably be a permanent repair. Mm, and, nice. and, and there is there is a point there to what he says. I mean, he, he makes a point about, about filling holes in the Kingston Bridge mm-hmm. in the past, uh, and it seems unusual at times. He's right. There, there is a clear difference. Mm-hmm. We think that in terms of the specification for motorways in particular, the, the, the book would state that really 15 metres is the minimum that you should be resurfacing of a lane width if you mm-hmm. were doing pothole repairs or, or issues. But mm-hmm. in reality... Again, resources like it, often don't allow for that. No, they don't at all. It's very common. What we sometimes what we call patching can be broken down. If you want to get granular here, right? So yeah. you get you get patching, which is like a full full lane width of maybe five five six meters or ten meters or whatever. Yeah. But you can also get hand repairs as well. Mm-hmm. A guy will come out, he'll saw cut, he'll break, uh, he'll use a mini planer, and he'll maybe do something that's only what I don't know three meters by. Um, Point nine yeah. or something like that. And, and you know what? If the material around that is sound and doesn't have defects in it, then that's Never fine. get rid of good material. Yeah. yeah, you always make your repair slightly larger because yeah. you will get um, what, what they call kind of crazing around defects and, and breakages and stuff like that. But no, don't remove road that's good. Yeah, but obviously on, on a motorway, you're going to do more because of the, the nature of a motorway. High speeds, more traffic. Um, you know, you, you will yeah. do more there for safety reasons. You know, 
never mind anything else you do and you and you plan for that as well yeah, though Stuart exactly. you know so yeah while you're looking at it going oh that's only half a meter squared you probably want to go well let's bring more material yeah. and, and, and if, do more if here. you've got a 30 mile an hour residential street mm-hmm. a small patch it, of a meter it's fine you know where defects are as well can also determine what you're going to do and if they're in the running wheel tracks yeah. you know you'll obviously want to do a more comprehensive treatment mm-hmm. so Brilliant. um yeah Okay. Yeah, I hope that answers Chris as well. Yeah. I trust um, we have more. I'm not yeah, getting out of this lightly. No, no, not at all. There's another one here. This is from Twitter, from Andrew Aitken on Twitter. He says, how much of an impact does the weather have on road surfacing? Anecdotally, I find that roads tend to be the roughest in spring before more road repair works are carried out during the summer. Weather has a huge impact on this. So if you, it, heavy rainfall periods, believe it or not, lead to erosion in the fact that if you already have potholes, they can get made worse by, by water staying and, and sitting in the potholes. Also, if you get particularly cold weather, sustained cold periods, yeah. often after wet periods, mm-hmm. that has a huge impact on it as well. Yeah, most the, unusually, if you get very, very high heat, you can hear that roads melting, and that can lead to yeah, like heaving and rutting in some very extreme non-British conditions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're right on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's see what else we have here. Oh, by the way, we had a we had a factoid from Ruth Impey on, oh. on Twitter. Uh, I like it when we learn something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ruth said the term pothole originated from potters digging out clay to make pots. There you go. She says just saying. So thanks to Ruth for that. that that's, that's that's wonderful. Okay. Actually. Yeah. Um, okay, I've got one more on defects before we then think about materials, um, mm. and this is from from someone on Twitter. Uh, would John explain the difference between permanent and temporary pothole repairs? The latter, which seem to be used on every situation now, and are never flush with the finished road level. Yeah, okay. So uh, we spoke about some products that are, are used for temporary repairs, like off-the-shelf type thing. Um, they're cold. Um, a guy can go out with a van and go out. Um, a lot of the time when these temporary repairs are done, there might not be traffic management available. Somebody puts themselves at extreme risk uh, in some cases, putting putting these materials out and then trying to get them tampered down before before vehicles come out. Depends what organization you work for. Depends what road you, you, you're actually on if, if these things can be done. But that's why you do see these temporary repairs and, and they, they look a bit rough. Yeah. It's because somebody has had to take a risk doing them. But he does ask, why then do we just see these left if you know what i mean well generally what happens is some of these products particularly i mentioned like viafix earlier if done correctly and and and, uh, these products are specified as a permanent repair viafix is actually great if you use it properly yeah and if you put the water in it and you you tamper it off and you square off the edges and so Mm -hmm. on it 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 is good um but sometimes you know these things you it, it can just be the conditions always though always though these defects and their repairs are recorded uh, and you know, in kind of my line of work, they they do get put into a program or further works. Yeah. So yeah, while well, you see these things, it might be a while before before. Of course, because comes they're prioritised and with, with everything else that needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I've got a couple for you on, on sort of materials mm. um, rather than defects. So Eddie on on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, asks, "Can't we just use concrete blocks that would be removed and replaced as required?" I've also seen designs for blocks with holes all over the surface to allow quick water drainage. Uh, and under road ducting for cables 
This is a kind of, the, 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 these things come up, I mean, there's two things here. So concrete roads were a thing we all went in for, for in the 80s when concrete was cheap. Yeah. And we thought, oh, you know, there was a bit of it in the 60s. Yeah. This is this is the way now and doing things. but and they, and they do last a long time. The only problem with them is if you do get defects on them, they're very expensive and difficult to repair. Now, talking about a kind of a, a modular concrete block system, um, not a continuously reinforced concrete like we yeah. often use here, but some of them more in America, mm-hmm. a, a kind of thing you just lift out that in in reality practical terms you would not have the plant to do stuff like that and if you did it'd be very very expensive, very expensive you'd yeah. have to batch these where would you get them yeah. how would you do them and, and, and you what, know how would you deal with a localized defect you're going to replace the whole block yeah, and you know concrete production is very carbon intensive it is it's not politically correct anymore to, no. to do loads and loads of concrete as for the porous aspect he has um there's there's loads of different products that have, uh, or companies that have tried porous um surfaces um it's never really kicked off on roads uh, yeah. because it's how do you maintain the drainage beneath the other thing is expense but these kind of products that he's talking about they're probably suited to car parks yeah and things like that Low not speeds, so much yeah. roads and of course concrete and exposed concrete surfaces don't lend themselves well to our climate or very no. wet and occasionally cold you, you've got to think of skid resistance yeah. to be honest asphalt is is great yeah. for, for that great yeah. in places hot parts of the world where, where concrete is is more it's durable than, than than asphalt because it doesn't melt in the heat yeah you know so if you go to places in, in america or in, in yeah. southern europe you'll see a lot of concrete surface for that i mean reason. it's an, i'm always keen to learn about these new technologies but there's a reason why they don't catch on Stuart. you know oh, is because yeah. in the real world these things are, are just the, the supply line isn't there to do it yeah okay so that takes us on to another one from rene on uh twitter uh, will asphalt mixed with waste plastic to reduce the bitumen content be the future of pothole filling? Uh, it's still possibly cheaper to buy instantly macadam just now, though. Yeah, well, well it is. It's true, and it, it probably is. We see the decline of oil yeah. um, and the price of it dropping. You'll probably see that they'll still use macadam products for a long time. I've heard a lot about plastic roads. Sure, have yeah, you, yeah. I mean, have you got a kind of a general thought on this before yeah. I, I go off on one? It's like every contractor seems to reinvent this every every year. It's yes. like, oh, look so at how so many Lucasaid bottles we've yeah. turned into. So and so is working with such and such a council to really a hundred meters using re- recycled plastic. This is wonderful. It will be used everywhere. Then mm. all goes quiet. You never hear about it again until the next year when another contractor and another council have decided mm. to do it again. So I guess someone, if this product's a really really good thing, someone's going to have to take the leap yeah. and go. Actually, that's what we're going to do but there must be a reason why it's not you know Re- recycling off. is actually very expensive yeah. and sometimes it can be cheaper to get the other stuff and he kind of answers his own question a little bit because he does he does say this um with with probably cheaper to buy it yes yeah. yes where, it is where budgets um, are tight you're going to go for the cheapest there, there is another another green problem there is microplastics you yeah. have to consider if you're using any of these polymer things you need to be very careful because that that this stuff can potentially get into your drainage yeah, and into water and into what, and where, do, where do road mm-hmm. gullies and drainage yep. go they outfall into to mm-hmm. water courses mm-hmm. or suds yep Definitely. so okay mm. i have one final question for you do we have time yes we're going to finish on a high okay uh, and this was from uh Lass on twitter John could tell us why one can drive for literally hundreds and thousands of miles in Holland and not see a single pothole. Hmm. Why not find out what they're doing right and copy it? You know, <laughs> do you know what? It's it's the first one I'm going to say. You know, I agree with this. Yeah. We should go. We should we should get a, a road trip to Holland, yep. to the Netherlands, and see what they're doing. And I, I've I've been to the Netherlands a few times. Not yep. not in recent years. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are probably some defects out there, but. 
I, I find that quite difficult to answer in a way. I mean, they could be using completely different products. The, the climate be, as well. The climate, it could be a completely different maintenance model than yeah. what we have different here. Different form of management, more resources what, available. What money are they getting? What yeah. kind of traffic have they got in these How areas? are they funding the repairs? They, do they have road tolls? Are the tolls directly you exactly know, because we don't have road road yeah. user charging here exactly. believe it or not your road tax doesn't go direct into no. or what is it the vehicle excise yep. duty is that what it, that it's just called? goes to the exchequer and then it's used they, they could pay for anything with yeah. that nhs a pension exactly. whatever i think it's common in the continent that the, the money the revenue generated through your road user charging and tolls is immediately directed back into the road into these things so, so you, you, you know, can yeah. pay for what you get yeah. um but you know what it's a good point to make and it's an excuse to go abroad when we're allowed exactly no thank you for that that was quite good john thank you very insightful um i'm sure people will find that very interesting i could talk about this for hours but we don't have hours unfortunately but um that's that's very true should say just for the record that we're not sponsored by any of the products no no we didn't we did mention a few things (laughs) but there you go it's these views are really just our own aren't they and from 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 our experience it's not representative of any company in yeah, but Absolutely. we thought we'd just be honest and yeah. chat about these things and let you know what happens behind the curtain. Yeah, you exactly. know, when the cones go on the road and it's late at night and everyone's in bed, this army appears and does mm-hmm. their best to fix things. And it's all done and dusted <laughs> exactly very quickly. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this latest episode, and we will be back next month with mm-hmm. another uh, interesting subject. And we have quite a few coming up. Uh, we do over the next yeah. few months. So look forward to to bringing you some of those. Uh, you can hear all our episodes. Uh, in the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and any other good podcast providers. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, I always say this, but social media. We've got some fantastic things coming up on that, so don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well to get a daily fix of all your road goodness. Am I allowed to say road goodness? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine. And that's if fine. you enjoy the work that we do, both mm-hmm. digitizing, sharing photos, and these podcasts, and you want to support us, remember we do have a range of merchandise available on our online shop now. We have Erskine Bridge 50th Anniversary Booklets. Oh, you we need to get a badge. Some, yep, we still have some badges left. Yep. They're fantastic, aren't they? Yes. Yep. I picked mine up today. Yes, Woohoo! We did. And there's still <laughs> Kingston Bridge Booklets available as well. And we have one or two other surprises coming up later in the year as well. So stay tuned for those. But in the meantime, bye for now. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.